Hey, good morning, Sam. I hope you had a great holiday with your family. Good morning, my fellow adventurers and trivia buffs. This week, we continue our alphabetical journey along Route 66 and through time on a bit of a brighter note than last week's true crime story, even though we also have another example of why this highway was known as Bloody 66. Our first stop this week will be the Ambassador Lodge in Gallup, New Mexico, that opened in 1946. However, before we hit the road, I want to say thank you to Joe and the boys of the road crew for our theme song. When I get in a road trip frame of mind, I take a listen to their tunes at roadcrew66.com. And we need to give a shout out to this morning's sponsor, my adopted hometown of Cuba, Missouri. Cuba is a rarity, an almost magical place where most every visitor feels like they're returning home. I am an old desert rat, but this Ozark Mountain Oasis fits me like a well-worn pair of jeans or a good pair of boots. And of course, this program and Jim Hinckley's America are also made possible through support of our crowdfunding initiative on the Patreon platform, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Jim Hinckley's America. And now let's head out to Gallup. Located at 1601 West Highway 66, the Ambassador Lodge was built by retired miner Louis Bardet in an odd blending of Art Deco and Spanish mission styles. In 1959, new owners changed the name to Ambassador Motel and added stylish neon signage as an attempt to give it a more modern feel. Surprisingly, even though it's on hard times and caters to long-term rentals, it's changed little. Our next stop is the 1933 Ambler Texaco that opened at the junction of US 66 and Highway 17 in Dwight, Illinois. It was built in the domestic style developed by the Standard Oil Company in 1916. The station was built by Jack Shore and his son. In 1938, Basil Ambler, known around town as Tubby, purchased the station and managed it until 1965. Phil Becker was the next owner. He bought the property in 1970 and for 26 years operated the garage and gas station. Added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2010, the restored station now operates as a visitor center, and as there are electric vehicle charging stations on site, the old gas station is an ideal snapshot of Route 66 evolution. Next, let's head west to the Mojave Desert of California, to Amboy. A small work camp for salt harvesting operations was established at the site in about 1858. In the 1880s, the Atlantic Pacific Railroad began laying rails across the desert and set up a siding here. Lewis Kingman, namesake for Kingman, Arizona, gave the desert sidings alphabetical designations, hence Amboy. It remains a sparse oasis smack in the middle of the most inhospitable place in America. The Automobile Club of Southern California was a pioneer in development of auto roads in the southwest and as early as 1909, automobiles were the main means of transportation for Arizonans traveling to Southern California. Amboy was a true desert oasis for these pioneers. Established in 1913, the National Old Trails Road marked the dawn of a new era in Amboy as an array of businesses opened to meet the needs of travelers. And with the establishment of Route 66 in 1926, a boom was unleashed. Garages were open 24 hours a day, 
Gasoline that sold for 17 cents a gallon in St. Louis sold for 39 cents a gallon in Amboy. J.M. Bender was a pioneer in Amboy, having opened a garage, service station, and cabins along the National Old Trails Road sometime in the late teens. By 1950, Bender was facing stiff competition for the riches that flowed along Route 66, for Roy Howard had established his cafe just before the war and now was preparing to launch a major expansion. Enter colorful, hard-working, hard-driving Buster Burris, Howard's son-in-law. Author Michael Wallace interviewed Burris for his book, Route 66, The Mother Road. At that time, Burris owned the motel, cafe, service station, and most of the town of Amboy. He said, The heavy highway business started about 1948. After the war, my cabins were busy. We kept them rented day and night. Folks would pull over and sleep in their cars when they couldn't get a room. That's just how busy it was in Amboy. From the late 40s into the 1970s, this place was a madhouse. We kept everything open 24 hours a day. I had 90 people working full-time, and during the summer, that number could get as high as 120. Then everything changed. The interstate was completed in 1973, and it was like somebody put up a gate across Route 66. The traffic just plain stopped. That very first day, it went from being bumper-to-bumper -bumper flow to half a dozen cars. A few, day, a few years later, to avoid tax liabilities, Burris bulldozed many buildings in Amboy. Here's an interesting bit of trivia for you. The tower in Roy's Motel and Cafe sign that's cast shadows across the dusty parking lot and the blistering asphalt of Route 66 since 1959 has appeared in an amazing array of international advertisements and commercials promoting everything from Japanese beer to Dodge trucks, Australian insurance, Levi's, and even Russian tennis shoes. Our next stop is also in California. In the summer of 1927, Arcadia was a small rural community nestled among vast orchards and farm fields. Perhaps that's why the murder of a police officer on July 19th crowded out tales of carnage in Chicago on the front pages of national newspapers. Shortly after midnight on July 18th, patrolman Albert Matties stopped to investigate suspicious activity, three men sitting in a touring car near the intersection of Northview and Laurel Streets. As he approached the car hidden in the shadows, an assailant in the back seat opened fire, killing the officer instantly. The assailants fled west on Route 66, but were arrested near Pasadena in their stolen car. It was then learned that the officer had interrupted the burglary and robbery of the Wigwam Barbecue on Foothill Boulevard, Route 66. On July 19, 2007, Arcadia Police Chief Robert Sanderson presided over a dedication ceremony commemorating Officer Matties. A similar incident occurred in Arcadia on February 25, 1959, when Officer Bill Mitter and Jack Renner responded to a call of robbery in progress at the corner of Santa Anita and Foothill Boulevard, Route 66. It was an ambush. On arrival, both officers were wounded, and the shooters were never identified or apprehended. Arcadia's roots are downright ancient. Archaeological evidence indicates settlement here for at least 3,000 years. Modern history dates to an early 19th century Spanish land grant awarded to Hugo Reed. 
A succession of owners followed until 1875 when larger-than-life character Elias J. Lucky Baldwin acquired the Ranchero. In limited partnership with the San Gabriel Railroad, a town site was platted. The first step in transforming this area from orchards, farms, and ranches to strip malls and gas stations. Baldwin was a gambler and salesman extraordinaire, so the name was carefully selected. Arcadia was a district in Greece lauded in a popular poem that talked of the area's natural beauty, delightful climate, and bucolic simplicity. The town experienced slow but steady growth until post-World War II, when a population boom transformed the area from a land of orchards into a part of the greater Los Angeles metropolitan area. From 1935 to 1955, Route 66 travelers were lured to Arcadia because it was home to Lion's Pony Express Museum. This world-renowned collection included more than one million relics from the western frontier and countless props from western movies. In a guide to Highway 66 written in 1946, Jack Rittenhouse noted the museum as a recommended stop. And that takes us to a very rare relic in the modern era, the Arcadia Court in Kingman, Arizona. Opened in late 1938, this was a modern motel complex that stood in stark contrast to its older neighbors, such as the White Rock Court. The 1940 edition of the AAA Directory of Motor Courts and Cottages listed amenities as air conditioning and private baths, all for $3 to $3.50 per night. The late 1940s and 1950s was a period of expansion and transition, with a second story added, as well as a swimming pool, the first at a motel in Kingman. The name was later changed to Arcadia Motel and then Arcadia Lodge. The 1954 AAA directory listed it as a 47-room complex in a Spanish style on landscape grounds with central heat and air conditioning. Long ago relegated to the status of low-rent weekly or monthly apartments, the motel has survived intact. It's currently for sale, so perhaps a new owner will restore it to its former glory. Hey, that's the end of our adventure for this week. Thank you for joining us. Next week on 10 Minutes with Jim, our adventure kicks off with a tale of prejudice and a place visited by Washington Irving, author of Rip Van Winkle. If you enjoyed our adventure, check out, check out this morning. Uh, if you enjoyed our adventure, take a look at the Jim Hinckley's America website. You also might want to pick up a copy of the Route 66 Encyclopedia and the companion volume, the Illustrated Route 66 Historic Atlas. And if you're a fan of true crime stories, Murder and Mayhem on the Main Street of America, Tales from Bloody 66, my latest book will debut in September. Hey, until we meet again, my friend, here's to grand adventures and safe travels. Adios!